0: staring at how come you did it
1: did what shot my father did he tell you that (laughs) how come you ran away from all of us how come you shot him right away
0: i shot him because he tried to stop me I could have killed him if I'd wanted to, but I didn't. I just wanted him to let me go. What? Because, because he tried to hold me. He wanted to tie me down. He wanted to keep me on a stinking little ranch away from everybody, keep me all to himself. Well, nobody holds me. But he loved you. Love. He wanted to own me. He wanted to... Bring me up like a, like a snot-nosed kid and tell me what to do. Well, nobody tells me what to do. Always so right himself, knowing everything. Reading the Bible at me. What are you grinning at? Nothing. Maybe you know what I'm talking about, huh? <laughs> Always so right himself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> maybe like you said out there, maybe you are more like me. Huh? Yeah, you got sense. Maybe you don't fall for that slop any more than I do. Maybe you know what people are really like, what they want. I got the toughest house on the coast, and the finest clientele. Yeah, half the stinking city hall go there. They sneak in at night, and I walk in this front door in the daytime, see? And i built it up from nothing. Now you want $5,000 of my money to go into business to pay your father back what he lost. You know, that's funny. Oh, well, uh, I don't think he'll know where I got it. No, but it's... it's funny just the same. Your father. He's the purest man there is, isn't he? Oh. He thought he had me all tied up with his purity now i give you five thousand dollars of the money that i made to save him his purity (laughs) if you don't think that's funny you better not go to college
2: See what's so bad about taking a little drink. You don't? No, I, I definitely He's a mind. minor, Mr. Stark. And it looks to me like he had more than a little drink.
0: Don't hum, dear.
2: <laughs> uh, I cut <kind> of loose <laughs> pretty good in my day, too.
0: Oh, really, Frank? When was that?
2: Can't you wait till we get home? How about you, Jim? Got anything to say for yourself? Not interested, huh?
0: Can't you answer? What's the matter with you anyhow?
2: He's just loaded, honey.
0: I was talking to Jim.
2: Well, I'd uh, like to just explain. You see, we just moved here, you understand? And the uh, kid hasn't got any friends, you understand? Uh, and tell and him we, moved we moved into, moved into it. Will you hold it, Jim? Tell
1: him, why, tell him, man why we moved here. Will you hold it? But you can't protect me.
2: Do you mind if I try? What's Do you, you I have I to slam me. the door in my face? <laughs> I try to get to him. What happens? Yeah. Don't I buy everything you want? A bicycle? You get a bicycle. A car? Oh, you buy me many things. No, no, no. Well, not just me, buy. We give you love and affection, don't we? Well, well, then what is it? Was it because we went to that party? Well, you know what kind of drunken brawls those kind of parties turn into? It's not a place for kids. A
0: minute ago, you said you didn't care if he drinks. He said a little drink. You're tearing me apart! What? You you say one thing, he says another, and everybody changes back again. That's a fine way to behave. Well, you know who he takes after.
3: Oh!
4: Good evening, and welcome to the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. 91 years ago, James Byron Dean was born in Marion, Indiana, and died at the young age of 24 on September 30th, 1955, in Cologne, California. For that short period of time in 1955, he was on his way to becoming a Super famous. First as Cal Trask in the film East of Eden, directed by Ilya Kazan. And then after his death, Rebel Without a Cause, which made him very, very famous. He is remembered as a cultural icon of teenage disillusionment and social estrangement and expressed in this title of his most celebrated film, Revels Without a Cause, which is true, where he played Jim Stark. His final film was Giant in 1956. Oh, I didn't know this. There's a lot of things about James Dean that we don't know. His personal life but what stands the test of time are those three performances in those three films he also did television he did stage today is Oscar day you know the Oscar nominations were announced he is the only actor ever to have two posthumous Oscar nominations one for East of Eden and the second for Giant he also was nominated for a BAFTA for Rebel Without a Cause he started out in television in family theater CBS television workshop his first film was Fixed Bayonets uncredited but it was his death in 1955 that really cemented his his fame the cultural impact the zeitgeist known as fame Dean is identified as this rebel rebel without a cause Someone who lived life on the edge, when in all actuality, he didn't. He just happened to be in a very bad car accident that took his life. And throughout the years, people have talked about, he still connects, is connected through them through death, that he is ever present in the spirit world. And I believe that. I believe that. Rebel Without a Cause of a film that would, have, would prove to be hugely popular among teenagers. The film has been cited as an accurate representation of teenage angst. Yep. There is so much to be said about him. You know, the fact that in the film Giant he's got gray hair, which... In actuality, he didn't He didn't live past the age of 24. And so we started off with a clip from East of Eden, where he's playing Caltrask. And throughout tonight's podcast, we're going to visit other clips of his films. In the middle of the show, at the end of the show, including a PSA that he did with Gig Young, right before he was killed. In fact, he is dressed in the giant outfit that he sported as... Um, Jet Rink where he is this he's this kind of he's a ranch hand and he falls madly in love with Elizabeth Taylor's character Leslie Benedict who is married to Rock Hudson but East of Eden and then Rebels Without a Cause which followed where he plays um, Jim Stark I mean that red jacket so many rock stars have tried to copy James Dean's persona his look some people have often said that Brad Pitt is James Dean or this person is or River Phoenix nobody is James Dean nobody he has been dead longer than he was alive and his image is forever cemented and frozen in time. As a cultural icon. A cultural icon of film and media. And if you think of... I mean, like I just said, the, the red jacket. The teenage angst. Driving fast. There's so much... To be said about... His, his ticket to fame. It was very short. He only lived... To see East of Eden. He didn't live to see Rebel Without a Cause. Didn't live to see Giant. And in between that did a lot of television. He did a program with Ronald Reagan of all people. (laughs) Where his method acting kind of flipped Reagan for a loop. Reagan was not very versed, or what very versed, sorry. Reagan, Reagan really wasn't into method acting. You know, he was about the Gipper. <laughs> yeah. And politics. Uh, but we know, and, and we know what happened with that. So when it came to a new star, like James Dean, who was you know, on the same path as Marlon Brando. Marlon Brando was all about the method. And many others followed in Brando's footsteps, including Martin Sheen, Al Pacino, Robert De Niro, Gene Hackman. They all followed in Brando's steps, including James Dean. In fact, James Dean was going to do a film... Called somebody up there likes me, and then he was killed in the car crash, and someone who he screen tested with in uh, for East of Eden ended up getting the part, and that was Paul Newman. I thought I would play a clip from you for you from. Uh, it's called. Dark Dark Hours Ronald Reagan and James Dean Better
1: what? Better what? Help me The last
5: time she watched an operation She passed out cold
6: Crazy No no It's alright I want to Better get started
1: uh, If I were you I wouldn't do anything funny You know what I mean? Huh? You know what I mean? You know what I mean?
5: He's going to hold this under your nose, and you just breathe deeply. What? I can't take a chance on a general without oxygen. It's it's just a little chloroform.
1: Oh, no, man. Uh-uh, no eyes to sleep. You give me a needle. You got some kind of needle there, don't you?
5: it will hurt that way.
1: Ah, I haven't hurt before. Hey, bud, if I scream, man, you turn that radio up good and loud, huh? So nobody hears me. Don't hit that, don't hit. Don't you, uh... Don't you want to come over here? Should you just go about your business? See? Mm-hmm. How are you making, Pops? Man, I feel like I'm wrong. Yeah, yeah, I made things crazy. Crazy. How did I do done? How's he, am How you doing, yeah. Huh? You making it? Let's just pick up on that bob That's all you have to do. Bad
3: music.
1: Oh, well, well give, it, give it to
5: him. I don't have the you equipment. Can't... Come on, help me get him to the car.
1: What, are you crazy, Dad? Well,
5: do you want him to die? I can't go to no hospital. You don't have to go. Just help me get him to the car. Now,
1: wait a
7: minute, wait a minute. Now,
5: let's just keep it cool, man. Just, just don't mess around. Well, now, look, if we're not in a Turn off that radio. If we don't hurry, there's no use in going. Come on, man. Hey. Come on,
1: Phoebe. How you feel, Pops? How are you? Huh? You wanna go to the hospital? Man, that's a drag. He doesn't want to go to the hospital, Doc. Hey, come on, man. Get up. Let's cut out
5: Look, of here. I'm not going to argue with you. If he doesn't have a transfusion, he's going to die. Mm. It might be too late right now.
1: Come on,
5: man. Either help me or get Wait out of here. Wait a minute.
1: Little... Wait a minute! You're getting me
5: mixed up? No, let's keep it Take going. his feet. Cool. Cool. Take his feet. All right, now be careful. Come on, now, easy.
1: Um... Get back there! What's the matter with you? Now, we're just gonna stay right here, all of us, until Pee-wee's back on his feet. Hey, man. Hey, Pee-wee. Hey, man. You okay? Hey, come on. Come on, Dad, pick it up. Pick up the bones. Come on. Come here, Doc. I don't like the way he looks. He's dead. Uh, what? Well, you, you're lying. Look for yourself. Hey, Pee-wee. goof on me now. Oh, Pee, you're not dead. What'd you kill him for? He was all right. Oh, man, what am I gonna do with this idea? Man, come on, don't kid with me, huh? Come on. Come on, man. Get out. What am I gonna do, man?
4: That is a television program called, I believe, Dark, Dark Hours. And James Dean and his friend are, I believe, on the run. Because you know what they've been shot at. And Ronald Reagan is this doctor that they go to. I think he was a vet. They go into... But see, as you can hear even even in television he was bringing the method he was bringing it and he was channeling all sorts of different emotions within that aspect and if I'm I'm looking for it I mean it, it was interesting it's interesting to he he you know he has that emotional uh, you know first of all a lot a lot of male actors were not doing that him and Brando were and I love how one time Cher they did like an AFI thing talking about James Dean and Cher was like he cried in a painful way like a woman and he was crying about the thing, same things that I was in pain about And I thought, how interesting. Oh, okay. I think this one's it. Is this it? I think it was Run Like a Thief and him and his friend and his friend has been shot and the friend needs a transfusion and is telling him to turn the music up and the friend dies. And he doesn't want to believe it. And a lot of that he channeled through his own personal, you know, he had lost his mother very young. Him and his father were somewhat estranged. And then when he became famous, he tried to reestablish a relationship with his father. His aunt and uncle raised him in um, Iowa. So there was a lot of emotional turmoil with James Dean. He's... You know, I, I... It kind of... It's kind of weird when actors die young now... And they compare themselves to him. I remember when... Heath Ledger died... And people immediately... James Dean. But Heath Ledger had a... a massive body of work. Totally different than James Dean. Because James Dean had just those three films. And then this television... Career Back then, that's when they did live TV. So it's really different. There, uh, Especially the time that we live in, where when people die young, there's so much of them that you can access. Where with James Dean, something like that had never happened before. The last time that happened was Rudolph Valentino. This sex symbol, and he dies, and people lose their minds. And so James Dean, it furthered it. It furthered this rebel. These kids realize he's gone and they go to rebel without a cause and they're like, they want to be a rebel just like James Dean too. A lot of films kind of play with that. I remember watching a couple of years ago A Single Man with Colin Firth and he loses his partner in the film and he comes a contract contact with this young man who looks like James Dean and he's from Spain and he says to me you're better than James Dean because I think he's looking for a trick or to be a trick and and call him first character turns away because that's not what he's after he he is still mourning the loss of his of his love and have this guy who just came to California to look like James Dean. There were there was a lot of that. There was a lot of that. Is that I think people felt that they could tap into that energy. Even River Phoenix, River Phoenix was really compared to James Dean, died very young, just like James Dean. But that that really is guilty by association. You think of all the rock stars that died at 27. And those, who, those actors who die young. So it's a different kind of fame than it was at that time for James Dean. His image is everywhere. His image won't ever go away. And that's a good thing. That's a good thing because then you're able to watch those three films. Some people have a favorite. Some people prefer Giant. Some people prefer... Rebel Without a Cause Some people prefer East of Eden Really all three are important Because they are so layered East of Eden He's playing this loner Kaltrask Who is vying for his father's Affections Him and his twin brother His brother is Engaged to this woman Abra uh, Played by The late Julie Harris Raymond Massey plays the father. Burl Ives is even in the movie. It takes place in in Monterey and Salinas, California, written by John Steinbeck. Steinbeck didn't really want James Dean, and yet Ilya Kazan did. And Ilya Kazan knew how to manipulate this performance, but at the same time was kind of taken aback by the method acting of James Dean. Because it was so different than Brando. It was totally... uh, In that aspect of him in the television series, he sounds like a wild animal. He just can't take the fact that his friend is dead. And then in Rebel Without a Cause, Rebel Without a Cause, it's almost like he's looking for a family. He has his parents, but he's looking to identify himself within his peer group. And he's got these friends. He's got... Natalie Wood's character, Julie, and then Plato, played by Sal Minio, who idolizes him and, in a way, I think, is secretly in love with the Jim Stark character. And then we go to, to Giant, where that's the total... You want to talk about a, a 360. Total different character. Loner, yes, but he's ambitious. See, the other two... They were just trying to get someone's good graces. And here is... Jet Rink... Who really just wants to make a buck. And, and is in competition with the Benedicts. He's in competition with... Rock Hudson's character. Vying for Elizabeth Taylor's affections. And there's a clip of him. Just... He stuck it... He, he hits oil. He's rich. He realizes it and he throws it in their faces and in a way it blows up in his own face and and here's an interesting tidbit his much of his performance was finished at the time of his death but there were vocal there were like voice clips that they he he couldn't do voiceover clips so what they did is they brought in his friend who's also in the film Dennis Hopper was able to imitate dean's voice and finish those parts i think it was when he's in the room and he's moaning and he's an old man and that's the other thing that's the other thing is the the makeup him look he's got gray hair and and it's striking to look at because that that wasn't his fate his fate was something totally different to the point now we are still talking about him 67 years later. He's been gone for 67 years. But we still he comes on the screen. And he lights up the screen. That's what a true movie star does. And then not not just any star, a dead movie star. Sharon Stone said something interesting about James Dean. She said, you die young and leave a good-looking corpse. Um, In the 2000s, there was a very interesting show called Dead Famous. And it was the series where they would try to contact... These celebrities who were long dead. And it was. It was Gail Porter. And Chris Fleming. It's a very interesting program. They went on this odyssey. To talk to people. Who had known. James Dean. And one of them. Was the actress who played Vampira. As well as. the actress from Seinfeld. Jimmy and Dizzy met one
7: rainy afternoon in Manhattan. Dean was there in search of Broadway stardom. Dizzy was an aspiring dancer. They lived together and were even engaged to be married.
5: You wrote a book here called Dizzy and Jimmy. Yes, I did. With her life with James Dean, so obviously you got closer to
7: him than most people would. What was he like as a man? I, I never knew him as a man. I knew him as a trying to be a man. Why do you think uh, James Dean's memory and his image
5: is so enduring and relevant today?
7: <laughs> I laugh because my take on it was I tell you he was blind as a bat and he always looked so <laughs> 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 and I think if he wore glasses and he looked more in charge of himself people wouldn't be so lonely for him all the time. Oh that poor boy.
5: It was believed that James would, like, have this life, living fast, you know, dying young type attitude. Do you think he was obsessed at all with death? Like, living on the edge?
7: That is such bullshit. Really? Yes. He wasn't suicidal, and he wasn't obsessed with driving, but when he drove, he drove fast, and it didn't bother me because so did I. Where were you,
5: and how did you feel when you first heard about his tragic death?
7: I was getting drunk on a beach in St. Thomas in the island of Virgin Islands, and uh, I was devastated.
5: How do you think people felt that he died?
7: It's tragic. It, It is a tragic story. He died so young, and people were reaching out for him, and all of a sudden he was gone, and people never get over that.
5: Tell me, how, how have you felt his presence? you still sense that he's around?
7: I get the feeling that every once in a while he's, he's taking care of me, or he's laughing like hell. At this, like this, like today. I mean, I'm, I'm sure he's sitting somewhere just on the edge of a cloud, feet, his feet dangling, and he's smoking a cigarette and just laughing.
5: If uh, If Jimmy was still around today, what do you think he'd be doing?
7: Like I said, I don't I wonder if he'd have any hair. Across town, I'd finally found Vampira in an LA restaurant. While she looked different to her infamous gothic image of the 50s, her eccentric spirit was still evident. James and Vampira were kindred spirits, and their connection lasted beyond his death.
6: What was it about um Jimmy Dean that attracted you to him? <laughs> He's a spirit reborn. We all, many of us are. Not here for the first time. He was an old soul. And I think maybe they put a few people in the same package. A <laughs> few spirits. Really? And how long were you friends for? Oh, I think it was about 17 months. Well, still, I guess. And where were you when you found out about the crash? Oh, I was at home and the phone rang. And my friend now phoned and said, uh, have you heard the news? And I said, what news? And he said, he's dead. Did he know that he was going to die young? Well, we were walking on Hollywood Boulevard in early September, 1955. And I said, extra, extra. And the extra said, Robert Francis is killed in a plane crash. And Jimmy said, that's the second one. They happen in threes. I'm next. And who was next. People that were closest to Jimmy, almost all of them nearly died immediately afterward. Their lives were, they met. I had like two or three serious accidents, weird, strange, unnatural. Well, we're driving along in this lovely sunny day, exquisite sky, and Jimmy was not yet buried, but he was dead. And I said to my friend, John, who was driving, Jimmy is up there with God, hit in the rear like that, and, and skidded in, into broadside into the oncoming traffic. And nothing hit us, surprisingly. So we limped over, now we were damaged, we limped over into the parking lot of Ciro's and the car behind us that had hit us came in to make arrangements with our driver. That was Marlon Brando, who had hit us. And then when Marlon came out to compare notes with my driver and saw that it was me, he said, I smell death in my nostrils. He said that? He said. Marlon said, I smell death in my nostrils, yeah. Has Jimmy contacted you since his death? He had told me when he was going to contact me that he would do it with fire, with lighting a white candle. But then suddenly I'd feel him and the ashtray would go up in flames. And I'd say, don't anybody touch the ashtray. It's going to go up in flames because Jimmy is here. And it would go up. Do you think that his spirit would be at peace now? He's at peace now. I think he's wherever he's supposed to be doing other things. Darkness crept upon LA.
4: And so that is Vampira as well as Liz Sheridan. Liz Sheridan very famously played Jerry Seinfeld's mother on Seinfeld. And so she dated, yes, James Dean and you know, fell in love with him. A lot of people fell in love with him. But we're not we're not going to talk about that. I think I think that has been exhausted to the point of, okay, because we weren't there. They were there. And, you know, people can be fluid. Maybe he was fluid. But that actress, the one who played Vampira, and she's gone now. Mela Nurmi, Nurmi, who played Vampira, and also at one point was going to... Her and Elvira going to work together, and then that became something else. But the fact that in in even um, there were there was another actress who was good friends with Jimmy Dean, you know, Elizabeth Taylor, Elizabeth Taylor. She has said that. Let's see. This is Eartha Kit talking about James Dean. I went on to
6: Las
8: Vegas, I think the next day, to open my show. And it was a few days later. that one of the girls in the chorus came to my dressing room and she said, Jamie's dead. I already knew it. He wanted to move like. He wanted me to teach him stage presence. How do I move my body in accord to the rhythm of how I'm speaking? Oh,
1: crazy man, crazy.
2: Crazy man, crazy. You told him, Arthur, is it true you told him you didn't like that car? Yes,
8: I was visiting my friend Arthur Lowe Jr. when. He was living with Arthur at the time. I was on my way to Las Vegas and Jamie took me in that car and took me across Mulholland Drive to where he was living in the valley to pick up some records that he wanted to play. And I told him I did not feel comfortable in the car and I said, you should not be in this car. This car is going to kill you. And he looked at me and said, okay, oh, you're on one of your voodoo trips again. And I remember exactly where I was when he died. I was working at El Rancho Vegas, and I came off stage, was in my dressing room. When a girl came into my room and told me that Jamie Dean had died, I, I was almost in screaming and telling her that that was the dumbest, stupid joke I have ever heard in my life. Don't play with me like that. And she said, turn on the radio, and I did, and it was announcing that he was dead. And of course, we, we all stood
2: still, we had no words. Was it a two-car accident, Martin? well it was yeah what happened he was on a porsche and there were very few poor spider there were very few of them in the country it's a very low car and we, people weren't used to it. you know he wasn't going that fast he was doing 70 miles an hour approximately but he'd been given a ticket like a, uh, about just an before four for and 120 I, but then the car he, would do 170 miles an i know hour. that okay, i good. know but they say is his mechanic who whether it who was oh. with him said he was only doing about 70. there was a passenger yes yeah. he was his mechanic He's they were going 100%. to a race uh, to actually race the car. He had f- just finished his work on Giant and he wasn't allowed to race during the, the Giant. Uh, so. He'd also taken the money that he made from Giant to buy the car. Mm-hmm. So what happened? It, yeah. Well, he was going along, he- heading north, and this guy was. At the, at Turnip Seed. Turnip Seed was Turnip his hmm. name. Was parked like right there. There was an island in essence. And just. At the most inopportune moment, the guy turned this way and apparently Jimmy said something like, he's not going to do that. No, no, no. Well, no not that's religion. what I, that's okay. what because I talked to Turner, C once. Well, it, it seemed okay. the car, the highway went this way and there's a highway, there's a road coming in like this at an angle. That right. There's a stop sign and this guy didn't stop the stop sign. And so it was the other guy's what happened. Oh, absolutely. And Jimmy just drove right into him. Wow. And 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 Rolf said to him, said the guy sees us. Uh, Jimmy, he said you better watch out for that guy. And Jimmy says he sees us, he he'll sees stop. Us. Which I've always remember because Jimmy never trusted anybody like that. Maybe the only time that he ever trusted us. He just killed instantly, instantly. In uh, so. yeah, right. Let me get a break. We'll be right back. Don't go away.
9: Jimmy, we probably have a great many young people watching our show tonight, and for their benefit, I'd like your opinion about fast driving on the highway. Do you think it's a good idea?
1: A good point. I uh, I used to fly around quite a bit. You know, I took a lot of unnecessary chances on the highway.
4: We're going to play that in a bit, but that is Martin Landau, uh, Dennis Hopper, Eartha Kitt, Larry King, all talking about James Dean on the anniversary. It was, the, I believe, the 50th anniversary of his death. In fact, they're all gone. Everyone in that in that thing is gone. Everybody. Unhappiest. And um, I wanted to play a little more. of. These are the people that knew him.
8: I think he was traumatized, yes. But I, as, a, as a person who was unhappy per se, I don't think he was unhappy as if somebody would be talking in terms of me being unhappy or someone being unhappy. I think he was just a very traumatized person. And this is what he showed all the time without even realizing that it was being seen. Oh those of us who felt it realized it. And you always wanted to put a hand out to him, to hug him, to hold him, because that's the feeling I always got from him, that he wanted to be held. He wanted to communicate with you, and he wanted you to communicate with him. He didn't like to be in a conversation that didn't make sense, for instance. That's why maybe a lot of times we didn't have to talk to one another because we understood
2: what the other one was thinking even before the words were spoken there was a gay rumor Arthur Kidd spends much of her time doing musical performances around the country concert halls in Palm Beach
4: so let's pull away from that um, because I I was thinking of what was it because there's a lot to his life there's a lot to his death in terms of, but also that influence, not a lot of people really measure. Well, I wouldn't say measure up, but in terms of that kind of fame, it was fast. I mean I believe what was it 17 months? I believe maybe longer. Or is it 25 months? I I know there's different there's actually books, you know, there's books, there's plays about it. There's Five Jimmy Dean at the Five and Dime, which was a Broadway play and then turned into a movie with Share and uh, Kathy Bates. That that's an, and they're all mourning the loss of of James Dean or I think the anniversary of his death and then you have um, songs you know Joan Jett has a really great song called Riding with James Dean from the uh, I believe that's from the 80s a lot you know a lot of people have all said they met him and they could tell whoa this guy doesn't have long to go some people can some people can pick on usually with animals with cats and dogs you can tell oh, okay you know the dog is is up there in years or the cat you know or the bird but when it comes to humans usually you you sense that when they're older not when they're younger now the actor Alec Guinness Obi-Wan Kenobi, Bridge Over the River Kwai, he met James Dean and very, in, in fact that was the first time Guinness ever came to Hollywood and I, and I wanted to play this briefly
3: it's tied to its bonnet uh, and I said how fast do you- can you drive and he said I can do 150 in it and I said have you driven it he said no I've never been in it at all And some strange thing came over me, some almost different voice. And I said, look, I won't join your table unless you want me to, but I must say something. Please do not get into that car, because if you do, and I looked at my watch, and I said, if you get into that car at all, it's now Thursday, whatever the date was, uh, 10 o'clock at night, and by 10 o'clock at night, next Thursday, you'll be dead if you get into that car nonsense Someone had dinner we had a charming dinner and he was dead the following uh, Thursday afternoon in that car. It was one of those still odd, odd things
4: and that is that is something very odd but I wanted to end with the PSA with him and Gig Young. In fact, I believe this is on the Rebel Without a Cause DVD. Oh, and it's a wonderful commercial. I'm so tired of these. You know, that's part of YouTube's thing is if if you want, if you don't want the commercials, you have to pay.
9: James Dean. Hi, Jimmy. Hi, Gabe. We asked Jimmy over today because he's a racing man himself. A real one, not a crazy one. Incidentally, I think I should explain that Jimmy just stepped over from the set of giants. And need I add, he plays a Texan. Speaking of racing, have you ever been in a drag race? Well, are you kidding me? I just thought I'd ask. No, gym races in the tradition, you might say. Real racing cars, real tracks. How fast will your car go?
1: Oh an honest miles an hour. Clocked to run about 106, 7. You've won a few races, haven't you? Oh one or two. Where? Well, I showed pretty good at Palm Springs.
9: I ran a baker's field. Jimmy. We probably have a great many young people watching our show tonight, and for their benefit, I'd like your opinion about fast driving on the highway. Do you think it's a good idea? A good point, I uh
1: I used to fly around quite a bit, you know. I took a lot of unnecessary chances on the highways and i started racing and uh and now i drive on the highways and i'm uh, extra cautious because uh, no one knows what they're doing half the time you don't know what this guy's gonna do with that one on a track there are a lot of men who spend a lot of time developing rules and uh, ways of safety and uh, i find myself being very very cautious on the highway i don't have the urge to, to speed on the highway People say racing is dangerous, but I'll take my chances on the track any day than on a highway.
9: Well, gig, I think i better take off. Oh, wait a minute Jimmy. me. Um, one more question. Do you have any special advice for the young people who drive? Take it easy to drive, and the life you might save might be mine.
4: <laughs> <laughs> and that is eerie and prophetic. So, here we are, celebrating what would have been the 91st birthday of James Byron Dean. Actor, friend, lover, um, artist, lover of jazz, lover of, of acting. Everyone, though, that came in contact with him, they loved him. You really didn't find anyone that disliked him. And he was on the rise in Hollywood. And there's always been that question what what might have been. That that's that's with a lot of people who die young. So James Dean, happy birthday. We still watch your films. People are still conjuring you. There's even ghost sightings of him in that area that he died of someone with a red jacket on. Yeah. So here's to you. Ninety one years. Eternally on the screen forever. As always, unpleasant dreams.
9: James Dean. Hi Jimmy. Hi Gig. We asked Jimmy over today because he's a racing man himself. A real one, not a crazy one. Incidentally, I think I should explain that Jimmy just stepped over from the set of Giant. And need I add he plays a Texan. Speaking of racing, have you ever been in a drag race? Are you kidding me? I just thought I'd ask. No gym races in the tradition, you might say. Real racing cars, real tracks. How fast will your car go?
1: Oh, an honest miles an hour. Clocked, it'd run about 106, seven.
9: You've won a few races, haven't you? Oh,
1: one or two. Where? Well, I showed pretty good at Palm Springs. I ran a Baker Steel.
9: Jimmy. We probably have a great many young people watching our show tonight, and for their benefit, I'd like your opinion about fast driving on the highway. Do you think it's a good idea?
1: Good point. I uh, I used to fly around quite a bit, you know. I took a lot of unnecessary chances on the highways. And I started racing, and uh, now I drive on the highways, I'm uh, extra cautious because no one knows what they're doing half the time. You don't know what this guy's going to do with that one. On a track, there are a lot of men who spend a lot of time developing rules and uh, ways of safety. And uh, I find myself being very cautious on the highway. I don't have the urge to to speed on the highway. People say racing is dangerous, but I'll take my chances on the track any day than on a highway.
9: Well, Gig. I think I'd better take off. Oh, wait a minute, Jimmy. Um, one more question. Do you have any special advice for the young people who drive? Take it easy driving. The life you
1: might save might be mine. You
9: know? <laughs> <laughs> and thanks also to story executive Walter McEwen for telling us how today's headlines help create an absorbing motion picture. We hope when you see Rebel Without a Cause, it's your favorite theater that this glimpse behind the cameras of how a story was born will help you enjoy the picture more. I'll be back in a moment to tell you about next week's Behind the Cameras.
3: in <laughs> fine <laughs>
1: why well, that's wonderful jen <laughs> everybody thought i had a duster y'all thought old spindle top and old burke burnett was all i was didn't you? well i'm here to tell you it ain't boy it's here and there ain't a dang thing you're gonna do about it my well came in big, so big, big, and there's more down there, and there's bigger wells. I'm rich, baby. <laughs> I'm a rich man. I'm a rich boy. Me, I'm gonna have more money than you ever thought you could have. You and all the rest, you stinking sons of Benedicts. Leslie, you go out in the house.
7: Take the women with you. <laughs> Jack, we're real glad you struck him. Now you go on along home.
1: Oh, my, you sure do look pretty, Miss Lizard. You always did look pretty. Just pretty nigh good enough to eat. Hey, wait, 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 wait a minute. Wait a Take it easy. Take it easy. Boys. Hey, move on. Wait a minute. Miss you, Vic. Tessie is an old cook.
5: Vic. You should have shot that fella a long time ago.
2: Now he's too rich to kill.